Corolla. 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 Welcome to the very first episode of Jack Chats Cruella. My name is Jack, and this is the show where we will be analyzing the entire film of Cruella, the 2021 film directed by Craig Gillespie. Um, you may know him as the director of such commercials from such companies as 7-Eleven, Acura, Aerial Communications, Altoids, AmeriQuest, Audi, Bud Light, Call of Duty, Career Builder, Cars.com, CDW slash Cisco, City, spelled C-I-T-I, Consumers Energy, Direct TV, Dunkin' Donuts, Emerald Nuts slash Pop Secret, ESPN, FedEx, First NBC, Fruit of the Loom, Geico, Guinness, Holiday Inn Express, H&R Block, Infinity, Craft Dinner, Ice House, Jack Link's Beef Jerky, Mercedes-Benz, Miracle Whip, Molson Canadian, Mountain Dew, MSN, Nike, Nintendo DS, Nintendo DSi, Nissan Altima, Obama, Pepsi, Porsche, QWest, Saturn, Snickers, Southwest Airlines, Subway, Tag Body Spray, The St. Paul, Toyota, Toys R Us, Twix, US West, Volkswagen, Washington Mutual, World Championship Wrestling, Wrigley's, and Yahoo. But he, of course, directed the movie Cruella, which we will be discussing here today. Before we get things started in the analysis, we first must go over what has happened in the first five minutes of the movie, as each episode, of course, will be only focusing on five-minute chunks of the movie. So let us begin with the recap of the first five minutes. Recap. The movie begins with the logo of the Disney Media Corporation of the Disney Castle, but this is no ordinary version of the castle because everything is in black and white, with the exception of the Disney logo itself, which is in a sharp red. This is an indication that the movie we are about to see is not your ordinary Disney movie but one that is twisted in such a way. From there, the actual movie begins with a shot of a woman giving birth to a baby. It's fitting in a way that as life begins, the movie begins. Such brilliance can only be found in movies like Cruella, obviously. Speaking of which, we should know that the baby being born is Cruella because the narrator happily says, oh, we're starting here implying that, yes, this is the start of Corella's life. Corella, of course, narrating her own origin story, mentions that from the very beginning, I've always made a statement. 
That is, of course, referring to her hair. Her hair is not normal. Her hair is of two colors. It is a pale white and a very dark black. There is a lot to discuss on her hair colors, but that will be left for later in the show. Corella mentions that she wasn't for everyone as she is displayed on a baby carriage being carried around the neighborhood. An old woman looks down and says, well, how unfortunate. An ugly child. She probably went away to have tea and crumpets and died in that very same, you know, time frame. But Corella didn't care. Corella had her own things to worry about, such as, you know, what, putting her hands on her mother's necklace, which for some reason Corella points out that that necklace is the reason why she is dead. Which leaves us, of course, to wonder if our narrator is in fact a ghost. And perhaps does this make this movie a horror story? I don't know, considering I have only seen the first five minutes, but it's something to consider. Something to consider indeed. But something else that's very interesting is that the character that we are seeing here is not actually named Corella legally. Her name is Estella. The origin of the Corella name comes from Estella's mother, who is telling her daughter that you're not cruel. You are not some Cruella. You are not cruel. But Estella seems to have a cruel side to her. There is perhaps a an omen situation here. Maybe there is a bit of a demonic presence within her. It's something that is brought up again as she ages, as she grows older, and is ready to go to... The primary school, which I should mention that this takes place in England. Everyone has accents to them, so they don't say elementary school in these parts. So it's, I believe it is primary school. I've I've met a British person before, so I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm accurate about such things. And her mother reiterates to Estella that she is not Cruella. She is Estella, and she is to leave the Cruella behavior at home and not at school. But that was not quite the case here, as poor Estella here is trying her best. She tries to be nice to some British lads, some British young boys, but they were not quite nice to her. They threw spitballs and were quite rude, very unfortunate. Should also mention that before this exchange happens, Corella, you know, walks into the school. She is offered to wear a hat by her mother, and Estella responds that she does not need it. She has nothing to hide, and she, in fact, puts on a very loud-looking jacket over her school uniform that implies that she is not looking to be hidden. She is looking to be noticed. And so after, the, of course, that awful exchange with those boys... Estella makes a friend, a friend named Anita Darling. And when characters are given their last name, you can only assume they will be important later on, which is good because I like knowing in a movie when I need to care about someone or when I can forget about them. I should also mention that this time frame is 1964, where around this time, Corella makes a reference to a song, a specific song uh, called I Am Woman from musicians Helen Reddy and Ray Burton. From a specific line 
from the song that says, I am woman, hear me roar. Corella makes use of this line by beating up a small child at her school. I say a small child, but really they're about the same size. They're both small children, but I guess it's still appropriate to say they're small children beating up another small children. Such a case, she does this. She roars out loud as older Corella mentions, didn't I say hear me roar? One could say maybe she was responding to her older self. There might be something going on here. Perhaps a psychic connection? Unknown. We'll have to see how things continue. But Corella, or I should say Estella here, sometimes it's hard to tell. Perhaps they are the same character. But they are, in any case, sent to the headmaster's office, the first of many times where they are given a blot on their copybook, which I assume is a reference to the Disney and previously Nickelodeon show Doug, when someone would always say to a young Doug Funny that, This would go on your permanent record, Funny! Something along those lines. Estella slash Corella, of course, is not worried about this as she continues getting into trouble, continuing to get more blots on her record. And during this process, she actually is thrown in a dumpster and makes friends with a dog, which is rather interesting because the Corella DeVille character that we are familiar with is not friends to dogs. And yet, as a young child, she makes friends with a dog and names it Buddy. Quite interesting. One has to wonder what happens to make such a change to her character. But we continue onwards as she is given trouble in school. She continues to lash out at her bullies, continues to make a mess of things. And eventually she gets into such a mess that she is brought into the office with her mother. The headmaster is about to expel her, but Estella's mother is quick-witted and says, actually, she's not fired, I quit. She pulls that, except rather, she is she withdraws rather than expels, so it, it works out that way. Rather clever, rather clever of Estella's mother here. So they choose to leave the school, and they head towards London to begin a new life. There, on our way, we learn that Estella's mom is a fashion designer and is wearing her nicest dress because they will need some help to get money to get to London. And that is where things end. But I, I should mention that before our five minutes ends here, that Estella does promise her mother that she promises to cause no more trouble for her for now on. But if we know anything about the life of what we assume to be Corella DeVille, this promise will likely not be kept. That is all for the recap for this episode, which means it is now time for the analysis segment. It's analysis time with Jack. During the analytical portion of our show, we'll be looking over a couple scenes of the movie and going into what is really going on here in this film. Something I want to start with is actually one of the first images we see of the movie when the doctor pulls out Estella from her mother's vagina. We don't see her mom's vagina, but we do see how Estella is held. She is held like a trophy. She is being held 
from her her feet, her tiny little feet, her legs. We can see her butt, but she's presented almost like, you know, a hunter, a fisher holding up their prize, their prize here, and they insult it. It's very interesting. They treat Estella here like a, you know, like I said, a trophy. A trophy they don't even want. And it makes sense considering Estella here felt that the world did not want her. And in some cases, she was right. The world did not want her. And frankly, she didn't care. She did not want the world. She wanted the things to be done her way. But obviously, the big thing to talk about is Estella slash Corella's hair here. There's a very stark divide. At some points in the movie, her hair is split fully in half. Half black, half white. The white and black duality here has multiple meanings, obviously. One comes from religious ties, you know, as God separated light from darkness from the first day of creation. You know, out of the however many or so days he went about making the rest of stuff. Darkness, of course, symbolizing evil, nasty, sinful things, while white is the color representing being divine and angels and being closest to God. Very obvious comparison here. It relates to Estella trying to be good, but the Corella nature, you know, acting up, causing trouble, being violent, sinful behavior. It makes sense there, but there is something else to consider. During this time period, the black hair that Estella has is more normal compared to her white hair. The white hair that Estella has here symbolizes an end to her fertility. It, represent, it represents old age. And it represents the end of romance with those ugly British boys that really really don't deserve love at all, do they? Quite nasty. It's probably for the best. But there are probably other dualities I am missing here. There's maybe more I'll be learning through the next several minutes as well. I also want to represent, you know, some interesting foreshadowing I noticed during this uh, portion of the show here is through one of the outfits that Estella was wearing when she was sent to the principal's office. The headmaster's office was, you know, had her white shirt, her blouse covered with a bunch of black ink, which, of course, is representative of the Dalmatian spots, the breed of dog that would become so important to her life later in such stories as the 101 Dalmatians. But we have one more segment to go before we cut things to a close here. It is time for our favorite outfit of the week. And here it is, the favorite outfit of the week. Mwah. Today's favorite outfit is the jacket Corella wore that resembled a school worksheet. It had all the same lines of a, you know, the standard piece of paper you'd be writing in school, except it was covered in various doodles. Various doodles you would expect from a bored student who really is not interested in what the teachers have to say. And in a very brilliant sense, it represents Corella slash Estella's relationship with the school she was in and this portion of her life. She was bored. She wanted something more. She wanted to do 
more of her life. She wanted to grow and expand. She wanted to be appreciated for who she truly was. And she felt she wasn't, so she acted out. It makes sense. But with that, that is the end of our episode of Jack Chats Corella for this week here. As I have mentioned in episode zero of the show, we are doing things in a bi-weekly process. So, I will be seeing you all not next week as of this release, but the week after. As we discuss minute 5-00 to 10-00, which we'll be seeing, I guess, up to the 10-minute mark of the movie. I'm curious to see how things progress from here. Who is, in fact, the benefactor that Estella's mother is counting on. Will they make it to London? I think they will. At least I hope they do. I would like to thank the band that made the theme song for us. It was sung by Danny Boy and the Danny Boys, who did such a wonderful job here. And I hope you all tune in in the next many episodes to come, where we hope to have wonderful guests to chat with me about the wonderful movie, that is Corella. This is Jack, and I was just chatting about Corella. Corella, Corella, Corella Deville. Deville.